When I released the video about this channel still being here, I announced that I would be working on a new series about the quote-unquote essentials. However, the more I thought about it, the more boring I thought this idea was. I prayed for the Lord to give me some direction on this channel, and he inspired me to simply do what I am passionate about. So there are a few more points that I want to make about Israel in regard to Bible prophecy. So here we go. When I first started the series about Israel, to be honest, I had no idea where it was going. Then some things happened in my personal life that caused me to put the podcast slash video channel on hold, but I do enjoy doing this so much, and the ideas just started coming to mind once I actually prioritized the right things, just sat back, and didn't try so hard. In that moment, I decided to focus more on why some Christians focus so heavily on Israel. Many believe that the church is the complete focus of God's eternal plan that will never include the Jewish people. This is called replacement theology, and I believe it is totally of the devil. Replacement theology basically believes that the church has now replaced Israel, and all the promises made to Israel in the Old Testament now only apply to the church. This belief also believes that the Jewish people are cast away forever as God's covenant people, which tends to cause anti-Semitism to flourish with folks in this camp. They usually tend to not embrace a plain sense interpretation since they have to play theological gymnastics for their theology to work. The Apostle Paul clearly debunked this idea of God's rejecting the Jews in chapter 11, verse 1 of the book of Romans. This is quite telling, actually, given that the epistle was to the church at Rome, made up of mostly Gentile or non-Jewish believers. It's almost like the Apostle Paul wanted the Gentile believers to know that God was not done with Israel at all, very plainly, and we would do well to remember that. On the opposite side of the camp are those who believe God is not done with Israel that the church was a mystery not revealed in the Old Testament, see also Colossians 1, verses 26 through 27, that it was introduced because of Israel's corporate rejection of their Messiah and to move them to jealousy, see also Romans 11, verse 11. The Apostle Paul also brought up the same notion when he said, Israel will continue to experience a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. See also Romans 11 verse 25. If the church had completely replaced Israel, why would that verse even be there, let alone the entire chapter of Romans 11? Then there's the promises made to the nation via the prophets under the covenant of the forefathers, or what we would call the Old Testament. Ezekiel prophesied that God would clean them of their sins, place his spirit within them, that they would be careful to follow his laws and statutes, all while living in the land of promise. See also chapter 11, verses 14 through 21, chapter 36, verses 22 through 27, all of chapter 37, and chapter 39, verses 25 through 29. It's very much like God wanted the prophet Ezekiel to really drive this point home. And then there's the land of promise that was outlined in Genesis 15, verses 18 through 20, largely an area where the nation of Israel currently occupies. And then we have the prophet Jeremiah, who also promised that God would bring the house of Israel and Judah into the new covenant in chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Lastly, the prophecy of the 70 weeks in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, which promised to accomplish six things that sound like they're straight out of the New Testament epistles, such as the book of Romans. Folks who tend to believe strongly in Israel's right to exist are often called Zionists. 
Many professing Christians today denounce Zionism largely because they have embraced replacement theology or are just very liberal in their theology, often believing that the Bible does not really mean what it says. But what is Zionism? In the words of a very leftist publication, Zionists believe Judaism is a nationality as well as a religion and that the Jews deserve their own state in their ancestral homeland, Israel, in the same way the French people deserve France or the Chinese people should have China. Basically, Zionism is to many Jewish folks what Christian nationalism is to Christians. It well could be argued that many prophecy-minded Christians are also Zionists as well, more so than being Christian nationalists. After all, Gentile believers were not promised a certain piece of land whereby God would bring them into the new covenant. Israel was. Prophecy-minded Christians don't support Israel because their current virtue, as I've already outlined. We support them because the prophecies and what the scriptures declare about the Jewish people. If you're not going to take the Bible in a plain sense, why do you even look at it at all? The Bible clearly spells out that God is not done with Israel. The mere fact that they're back in the land and have survived at least eight recognized wars against her should be a huge sign to anyone who claims the name of Jesus Christ, who was himself of the tribe of Judah, the very tribe where we derive the name of Jew or Jewish. Given also that the 70 weeks prophecy of Daniel 9 verses 24 through 27 was aimed at Daniel's people, the tribe of Judah, and the holy city being Jerusalem, should give replacement theology folks a pause as well. The only reason you know that this thing called the tribulation is seven years long is the 70 weeks prophecy found in Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 through 27. Given who the prophecy was directed to, I would say that God is indeed not done with the nation of Israel. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that he is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and heart and everything through a process, if you will, to embody what has already taken place in your heart. By simply praying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life, and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do, and your life will change. Your life will change not so much materially, not so much in terms of the world, but your life will change in your standing before God in that you may know that you can have eternal life. 
The Apostle John wrote that when he was pinning First John. He said, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but so that you can know. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast.